This episode was brought to you by Celebrations, Celebrations at Carlisle. Carlisle. One of Australia's leading craft beer bottle shops. Retailers, retailers. Retailers, craft. They do craft. Um, lots of it. Stuff you can't get anywhere in Oz. Where can you get it? Celebrations at Carlisle. Ah! Oh! They've also got beer sticks. I buy them all the time. Now, if you mention our name, you'll get 15% off a mixed six-pack. How sweet! That's Beer Sucks, 15% off. Craft. Mixed six-pack. Number two, Wright Street. Celebrations at Carlisle. They've also got takeaway pint bottles from their 11 time. When can I talk? Shut up. No. Ride the doggo! Oh, you can see his straps, but you know he's clean! Oh, don't you see what I mean? Gotta get a can. Ace is pale. Rocky Ridge Brewing Company. There's the one that's clean. It's not sour buffalo. <laughs> it's a pale little maid with Flinders named after Doggo. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Beer Sucks, guys. Today we have our Good Beer Week uh, extravaganza episode. That was the very hungover voice of Tim Gunslinger Hoskins, who, I mean, we'll get into your form Don't. Uh, a little bit later, but Please. let's say you smash your phone on the first night and that wasn't your worst yet, so... <laughs> Look, <laughs> that's a laugh cry, that's a laugh cry. Yeah, don't make me... Don't. Turn into dad mode Don't. again. Don't. And and that's the voice of Lesky, who's had to uh, babysit Tim, which has also been funny to watch <laughs> and, and experience. You know what? Uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not upset about it, because after that, I'm like, I reckon I'd probably make a pretty good dad one day. You're the right bod for it. I, oh, exactly. <laughs> Mate, it's, it's, I'm, it's, I'm going for the Leonardo DiCaprio vibe at the moment. It's look like a sweaty piece of shit, and apparently women love it. Mm. I think he's he's trading on past form there a little well, bit. Yeah, he also I, has. I don't know what you mean by ladies love it. He has quite possibly just come more from the money gym. than I could ever imagine. But we have the similar body. We the have similar like, body. We have the similar body. Yes. Yeah. So you and Leonardo, we have, yeah, we uh, have, are basically the same. Yeah, we have the same person. Saying. Yeah, we have some hot A cups. We also have, <laughs> you know, trouble seeing past the stomach. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. We look Dad like bot. cottage cheese and shorts. <laughs> That's gross. Uh, it's not. Anyway. Do you like eating cottage cheese? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> next time, next time you take a bite into that lumpy white goodness, uh, you're gonna think of me. Oh fuck I, me! I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to. It's going well. Um, so we're on location. We're at Three Ravens, which is fucking sick. Oh uh, my god! And we Lord. have Brendan O'Sullivan with us today. Hello, everybody. Hey, man. Welcome, mate. Thanks um, for having me. We also have quite possibly one of the most frightening lineups of booze <laughs> I've, I've actually seen. So, well, well, to be fair, um, yeah. due to Good Beer Week, I think standard behaviour, we were almost an hour late. Uh, and Tim also harassed Brendan very late last night, 
which we will also get into. I think we should uh, probably so touch he, on that. He prepared a bit of a punishment I for think us. He really just wanted to talk to me some more. Yeah. Oh, that was absolutely it. Uh, he missed me. He did miss you. We yep. were at Brewers and Chewers, and it was fucking amazing to have you sitting right beside me <laughs> whilst I licked your beard. Rubbing skins. He yeah. did lick your beard. I told him about that this morning. Don't remember. He licked uh, my lip at one point too. Yep, it, it, I said, look, I think look. it may have slipped past the lip actually. <laughs> uh, and Brendan looked really, very shocked. He gets really <laughs> familiar really quick. So like a dog, when they say, just let him go, don't. <laughs> no, you must severely punish him and he'll, he'll cower. I'm kind of getting come back and be good. getting licked on the lip by, um, by my girlfriend's dog. So uh, it, was, it was kind of endearing. Yeah, oh. familiar. Yeah, did, familiar. Tim, did Tim's tongue taste like dog asshole as well? <laughs> It to be fair, bad. there was some, there was really some good epic food. beers there last night. Really good uh, food, so really good beers. It yeah. would have tasted good. I'm still, I'm still salty. That would have been lovely. Man. I'd have uh, loved to have been there I as the three-way. No, we probably should get into that. So I was heading there uh, and we ended up with a, a spare ticket. Uh, thanks to Brent from Cheeky Monkey. Thanks, what Brent. Uh, and so I had the option of giving it to either Lesky or Tim. Which uh, just started a bit of a battle. Yeah, and you fucked up. Mate. Tim, Tim won because he was there. As, so by default, <laughs> as I said, who is going to be the more embarrassing or potentially career harmful? Because they will step back. And I think I, there's a number of brewers that probably won't talk to Tim anymore <laughs> after last night. But you got so many Possibly, numbers, Tim. Yeah. I mean, he did. He did explain. It was like these, like brewers' business cards. Like, hey. He was he was on on mode. Uh, he oh also explained God. docking to um, I've forgotten his name, the brewer from Chris. Sailor's Grave. Oh, Chris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, love that that was interesting to watch because I mean there was hand movements. I believe there was photo references at one point. <laughs> Wait, um, what? No, there wasn't photo references. Uh, he asked for it. Really? Well, he's like, I'm pretty sure. He's like, I can't believe anybody would ever have a five skin. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, for, anyone, for anyone that hasn't done Brewers or Chewers or heard about it, it uh, involves eight brewers, eight tables, and they uh, it's like speed dating. They rotate the brewers around. Uh, I was wanting to try everyone else's beers, but uh, I guess the, the format is they bring you the beer of the, the, the brewer you're hanging out with. Yeah. But they just kept placing my beer in front of me, and I was silly enough to bring a 12% uh, barrel-aged quadruple. So um, I got pretty loose uh, for me. Probably one of my worst hangovers this morning. Yep. Yeah, I we can see why. We wholeheartedly feel your pain right now. Mm. And it's nice mm. to actually be in a collective space where we're all just Hurting. like shaky pieces of shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> we if need I to start drinking melt. quicker. If I could melt, I would right now. I'm awful. And that's that's what I put it down to is basically your amazing druid, um, which was fucking... I reckon it's the best one, yet. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was really fucking good. Do you want to, I do you want to open... You know, that, flashbacks. that PX Whoa. cast no. one was amazing though. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing well, this. Well, you haven't tried it yet, have you? So no. Yeah. No, you need to try it, man. It was absolutely fantastic. It was ridiculous. And what happened was oh I ended God. up with oh two glasses in front of me and um, and then the night was like done for Tim because I don't remember anything after that. Yeah. Well, I think you had more like five glasses in front of you. I had five glasses in front of me. I was drinking really slowly and then I drank real quickly. It was a great night there. Great yeah. lineup of brewers. It was so much fun. Really, really great. Um, it was great to obviously have Stone was there. Uh, Jesse from... Three Weavers. Three Weavers. Um, and their double IPA was fucking sick, yeah. by the way. Yeah, really good. Mate, that's that's one of the Do things you know, that I picked up from this. Like, being able to see 
really good beer being shipped over air freighted. I mean, Still for real one, fresh. Is, yeah. yeah, so we're getting super fresh. I mean, it's air freighting ain't cheap just sending two bottles over, let alone pallets. So you know that people aren't, they're going to be really hurting on this, but the showcase and beers has been incredible. So freshness has been key. The war pig stuff that's come over. There's been a lot of stressed out bar managers, I think, in the last few weeks. There's yeah. been quite a few delays on... I mean, they, they try and get them in as late as possible to keep them fresh, but yeah. wow. when things get held up, but it's... Uh, there's yeah, yeah, there's, there's another event up. happening Saturday where things apparently haven't cleared... Oh, they've cleared customs, but they're just waiting for it to come. Oh. And it's like... That's some real brown pants moments there. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. If we could probably talk about <laughs> what we've actually got in front of us right now. Yeah, yeah sure. Like you've we've given us three liquids mm. of varying colours. Well, one of them was punishment for, um, oh. for uh, your look, phone have, call at 1am this your morning. Pun- yeah. <laughs> have you had your punishment, Tim, for... Uh, look, should we divulge a little bit? Tim thought he lost his bag last night uh, <laughs> and would not let the matter drop, even at 1 o'clock when he's calling people. <laughs> Trying to call the venue. <laughs> <laughs> trying to call the managers, trying to call me. Well, actually, they did call me. Look, it was a nice so, phone call. So Tim's been given a very large pour of what is a distilled double IPA. Yes. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about it while Tim necks it and man's up for his punishment? Yeah, it was a beer we brewed over Christmas, uh, released in January uh, under the Little Ravens banner called uh, Imperial IPA. That was um, amazing. Thanks, mate. It's a, essentially a scaled up version of our double IPA from two years prior. Uh, made with a ridiculous 53 mils oil of per hectolitre of hops, hop oil. Ooh. So um, massive hop oil, really dry as well. We used a, a high gravity uh, yeast strain and an enzyme blend for uh, a very, very dry beer. So enzyme a, blend a as well. IPA. So this is what, actually ripping down, so it's potentially... Got down to half a plate. oh, negative half a Play-Doh final gravity. Wow. wow. Um, after 36 hours, it was tremendous and incredible fermentation. So this um, is something you guys scary. are actually pushing on with your core range now as well. So it's gluten reduced because uh, of the enzyme? This one was just for attenuation. Just so just for attenuation an- analyze enzyme yeah. um, in the fermenter um, to aid with uh, you know, breaking down sugar to make it more fermentable. Um, we do use uh, uh, Brewers Clarix as well, Clarity Firm, uh, to help, help with clarity and also reduce gluten levels. Uh, but yeah, this was a slightly different process. Uh, yep. Very dry beer. Um, we, this month we're doing a collaboration with Starwood or a series of tastings in, at their bar on uh, Thursdays, except for tonight, for obvious reasons, the AIBA dinner. But every wow. other Thursday this month, we're presenting uh, beer next to a distilled version of the beer to give an insight into wow. uh, yeah. the relationship of beer and whiskey or beer and distillation. I would be salivating right now if I actually had enough liquid left in my body. <laughs> <laughs> so now, this, is, this is one of the beers we're presenting. F- funnily enough, you Spirits. actually helped them create their base beer is that correct the uh, i I brewed for them in the early days um so sam slaney was their their founding uh, brewer and distiller and and kind of created the process i joined them as they ramped up production back in 2011 um when they went to um a a more full-time roster of production um and we we kind of wound down production for a bit to start the brand and i became the the brand ambassador and was was fortunate enough to help help um uh, i guess coordinate that branding uh, process with our designers and owner and uh, brand director. Mm. It's good fun. It's incredible. And so if you guys don't know, Starwood is the best value Australian whiskey on the market, hands down. Mm, really accessible price point and also exactly. um, yeah. quality as well. It's really clean. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. The Apera cask is fucking mind-blowing. Mental. And yeah, the like just having that next to the wine cask 
it really showcases what you're getting out of out of both casks. Mm. So it's something if yeah, if you're able I'm to do it, the wine cask, the the druid actually in front of you, uh, Lesky was aged in uh, second fill Starwood red wine whiskey casks. Um, oh. We're using quite a, quite a bit more of them nowadays. Yeah, I've always as you know, good mates with them. I've always had a, a really good relationship with them, um, and we've done quite a few collaborations over the years, like a, a hopped gin inspired by our pale ale, hopped and malted um, project fifty five, which was good fun. Um, and yeah, we yeah we do a lot of things. So back in the day, they they let me use one of their pilot stills to create hop uh, hop extract or hop essence. Oh, sick! Um, oh. Legally, which was good fun. Um, yeah, really, I haven't I haven't found anything comparable in quality to to what we were making. Really, oh, it's just I want to so use fresh. I, w- I do want to use hop oils um, yeah. and processed hop compounds, but nothing well, I found commercially is that clean. Well, that's the the whole deal behind that is you know like. It's efficiency. So you just end up, you don't end up with just that massive amount of trube. You are, you know, for the same amount, you're also, you know, same amount that you're actually brewing, you're saving money, plus you're also getting something that is just incredibly bombastic. So we had uh, Starwood down here on Sunday uh, for our Woods of the North event, um, Good Beer Week event, something we do every two years to alternate with Cascoff. Uh, and it was incredible. It was almost like a reunion, Starwood reunion. Uh, half of the distillers we had down here uh, were former alumni. Um, all lined up together, growing out. Um, yeah, it was a good time. We had a lot of barrel aged gin, uh, Melbourne Moonshine, um, Starwood, uh, a few others co op, uh, Fair Ferments with their pear brandy, uh, Cedar Fox. Um, those last two both worked at Starwood. And we had a lot of barrel aged beers. We, we served beer directly from whiskey casks. So we turned some 50 litre Starwood whiskey casks into Firkins. I think you might have spotted them in yeah, the brewery. Out, out there. Yeah. So um, five breweries and a distillery. Uh, and a cidery, sorry, re-fermented uh, product in those those whiskey casks, and uh, we we're pouring straight out of them. That's so, sick. It was a good time, including a wildflower table beer, which was a highlight for me. Really? Mm. Oh man, I've got a bottle of that back in Perth. Oh, it's technically not mine. <laughs> I accidentally gave mine away, <laughs> and then turned the other one around in the shipper to realise that they both had names on them when I thought I had two. Such a dick. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. It's not just not just wildflower that came out with the table beer, but you know people like uh, Ballistic, uh, Indian Ocean now over in WA have uh, collaborated with the Dutch Trading Company. Have got their table beer. Um, these are absolutely fantastic. Mm. It's just it really showcases fucking fantastic fermentation. Mm. You got really great, you know, it's like really great esters and phenols, plus also being really light body. So it's something that's just. It's crushable, yeah, but awesome. you know you're actually having fun while you're having it. Which I is think it's a great expression of saison. Like I really prefer mm. the lower alcohol um, expression where you get uh, less intense yeast character. It's already an intense yeast character, so you yeah. need a lot of it, um, and it's super dry and just tart enough while being refreshing and yeah, something you can crush for a long time. Yeah, exactly. It looked like a pretty epic event. I was actually really uh, jealous of everyone who attended because um, I was like. That is an event I really want to fucking go to. And then I didn't because... We do love throwing parties uh, here at Through Evans. I think it's something we do really well. We try and have one every month um, and we're kind of getting in a, a really good swing. Yeah, I mean, just look at the venue space. You actually have four parties. So if you guys haven't seen, look up the tap room for Three Ravens. It's It's low ceiling. There's some incredible, like, historical bottles, like, hidden... Up on the uh, the on the sea channels, there's some really cool stuff, but it just screams good time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it used to be called the Pleasure Palace. Um, We still have Pleasure Palace on the front of the building, Pleasure Palace Holdings, and uh, you can imagine what happened back in the day. I can't believe Pleasure Palace. 
I can't believe it's actually not just Pleasure Palace, but Pleasure Palace Holdings. That just makes things seem <laughs> proprietary so limited. much worse. <laughs> oh, well, now you've got the you got the PTYLTD, then that's it makes it all the more better. Yes, it's legitimate. It's now. legit. The other the other products you've got in your glass. Uh, one of them is our Golden Sour under the Wild Ravens uh, label. The last two barrels that came from that Golden Sour um, range or, or batch of wort. Uh, we were holding on to our two favourites um, for this particular purpose to release them un- unadulterated. Um, that base beer did go into a, a whole range of other beers, including a Riesling and a Pinot Noir, a Saison, wow. um, and something else I can't remember. The, um, yeah, your... Another like the, Riesling beer. Yeah, the Riesling, the Riesling plus the Pinot. I mean, for me, the favourite was... I'm a, I'm, yeah, a shocker for Riesling, but that was just absolutely incredible. So nuanced. Yeah, thanks, man. But it, yeah... It's just, it's really exciting being able to see people start utilizing, you know, local products like that, where, you know, looking at, looking from a winemaking perspective, that's just nothing. Yeah, it's that's the shit that they just throw away. It's waste. Yeah. Where, you know, you can actually co-op that and go, hey, let me do something really cool with this. I actually prefer the pumice, like the, if using juice or must or the whole yeah. fruit, you tend to, in my opinion, dilute the character of the beer. So yeah. it becomes more wine-like and thinner and more acidic. And yeah. I think the the skin is really where all the flavor and color and character are. Um, you so for me, it's tannic the, structure and whatnot out of yeah, that at exactly. the same time. Um, speaking of tannic structure, um, has anyone tried the other glass? Not yet. Uh, so that's a, that's a work in progress. That's still in fermenter. That's a, a barrel-aged Saison um, in barrels for a year and then transferred onto some Pinot Gris uh, skins. We've been working a lot really closely with Matt Lange over the last few years, uh, starting with the Druid, where, the, where we originally sourced the PX barrels. Uh, but we've been working a lot more with their fruit lately, particularly with their spin-off series of experimental wines. Um, this year, they've released a Gris de Gris, which is a uh, carbonic maceration Pinot Gris. Wow. Oh, intense, uh, <laughs> intense color. Uh, really great berry aroma and just super juicy. So they, yeah, they fermented on skins or in the fruit for a couple of weeks, um, then shipped the pomace down to us um, and we transferred that into some Saison. So it's still on skins. It's incredibly tannic uh, mm, and aggressive. Um, super grippy. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, yeah, I am, yeah. It's one of the only things I can actually feel too. right now. <laughs> really? Because I can, I can feel this Imperial IPA. Um, and like the, the the aroma on that is it's it, no on the actual on the distilled on double the distilled IPA double IPA the aroma on there is that's great isn't it it's yeah. wild like mm. that's it's just it just seems so alien coming from a like a distilled a distilled product so it was a perfect perfect product for distilling too because it was high alcohol dry intense amount of hop character so yeah. that really yeah really carried over the other beers we distilled were a Rauk beer uh, and a triple. Um, the triple ended up tasting a lot like their new make spirit, which was kind of interesting. Really? Um, very fruity and apple and orchard fruits. Had the rock uh, go. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. The smoke character is really cool. Oh, it, it, it seemed to carry over a lot of malt sweetness too, which was yeah. quite um, interesting. Um, I'm really fascinated by what malt character uh, is retained through distillation. I think roasted malt tends to carry over really um, quite uh, pronounced, yeah. uh, which is really cool. But yeah, that, that uh, smoke beer is awesome. If you're in Melbourne, um, which probably not, um, and Bad here luck. this, this month, shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, well, you, you should up. be. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Pending when Fucking we get this losers. up, I am a mule, <laughs> and I will accept Amex, Mastercard, and Visa. <laughs> and Lesky has multiple facets in which he can smuggle beers across the border. 
Well, he's well versed. I was going to yep. say come to the distillery, but yeah, that's not that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like I like traveling with beer. I don't feel comfortable if I'm not traveling with beer. Hence, why I have my my trusty Jack, Jack Daniels, Daniels racing. Wow, uh, you strap that on your bag, Danny. Or? Yeah. Oh man, always. Yeah. Like I, when I want to look like a a bikey, I strap <laughs> that on and I wear really tight acid wash denim and, and no sleeves. sneakers as well. Sneakers hey, wear and that, jeans. Wear that to Mr. West and see how many times you get pulled up on the street. Really? Yeah. No, <laughs> there's, there's, I, a, lot of, there's look, a lot of fanny packs out the front of Mr. West. <laughs> that's that's quite frightening. I'd just be calling people sir all day. <laughs> I don't know how comfortable I feel doing that. Oh my goodness! Right, so just about to tuck into this yeah. There's a few other sounds we can grab into if we have time. Um, this golden is amazing. Thanks, this mate. is fucking awesome. I'm really proud of where our Wild Raven series is going. So you yeah. you basically front all of that, right? Well, yeah. This is you. Sort of. Yeah. This is the culture we've built up you. over years. Um, Bill and Murray have been uh, our brewer and production manager are beginning increasingly involved um, with processing and, and tasting and ideas, which is great. We're um, really trying to share the share the load nowadays and work more as a team. Um, I don't really feel comfortable being the sole um, spirit of the company. I think it's 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 a team effort. Um, yep. so we're yeah. yeah, we're all working together. By by working like you know, looking up on the wall we've got the uh, co brew Thing written up there. I mean, that really that spacecraft. Co, yeah, Cobra spacecraft. That really goes into just the actual ethos of working together. So being able to work collaboratively, like yes, you may be coming up with some amazing shit, but also having other people being able to not just take some of that load, but also bouncing off each other. You guys mm. will, you know, go from strength to strength. So. Yeah, we've got some incredible minds out there. Like uh, Murray's, Murray's uh, been a real hardcore beer enthusiast for a long time he used to host a lot of tastings and education through the belgian beer cafe and foresters and terminus oh magic um you know as a as a mad love of cantillon the, the cantillon range he had at the belgian beer cafe back in the day was was uh, bar none um yeah really early adopter and, and bill um our production manager who who was uh, had a malting company in tasmania and worked with kicksnare also he's been fermenting things since he was 13 and makes vinegar and Pickles and just loves loves everything. Just a real sandal cats. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good crew. Oh, mate, that's magic. Um, so, just wanting to nerd out just a touch. Um, so, what is what exactly is going on fermentation wise with this golden sour? Uh, our our approach to uh, the barrel aged sours uh, starts with uh, kettle souring. Um, so we build a base layer of of just a gentle lactic acid. Uh, this one we used uh, Lactobacillus brevis, which has yep. a really round, fruity character. Quite juicy. Uh, primary fermentation was with, uh, I believe, an English ale yeast in this one for, for nice fruity esters. Uh, 1968, the London ESB yeast. Yep. So we got some nice cherries and uh, kind of fruit. Uh, after fermentation, the, the base the base beer in itself was was pale malt with some uh, rye and oats uh, rolled. So just a, a really gentle uh, protein and, and mm. minimal character, but nice texture. Uh, aged in used uh, wine barrels, old wine barrels that really have not a lot of character left in them uh, with our mixed culture. So our mixed culture has been built up from um, a number of home brews of mine, some of which harvested dregs from Tilquin um, and other Lambic beers, other commercial uh, commercial beers, as well as all of the commercial strains that we could get our hands on of wild yeast and bacteria, as well as some stuff from fruit. So we, we kind of created this mega blend of um, bacteria and wild yeast uh, which has evolved over time um, we keep it in a keg and draw down and feed it occasionally um, we treat it pretty mean uh, which seems to work out quite well but yeah it's, it's been expressing some amazing character over the last couple of years we get a real intense um, ropiness from yeah. pediococcus mm -hmm. um, which uh, also produces really nice acid 
um, heaps of Brettanomyces character. Um, so yeah, it develops over time in barrel, increases in acidity, uh, the ropiness comes and goes. Yeah. Um, whenever we bottle one of these beers, it, it, it tends to get ropey again. Or whenever we blend things, so just give it another um, six months in bottle, and yeah, the going to chew it up. Two to two to five ish yeah. um, to clear up. But I think that really contributes to a, a pleasant mouthfeel and body in a beer that's actually really dry. I think this this golden's about half a Play-Doh or two gravity points. It's, that's amazing considering how rounded it actually is on the palate. Like mm. it's not it's not palate strippingly dry. It doesn't you know come across that way, but yeah, it's really quite pleasant. Yeah, I'm, I'm really into it. I'm uh, really proud of it. I'm looking forward to seeing where the series goes. We're, we're building a, a diverse range of inventory in our barrels downstairs, uh, trying to create breadth so that we can produce a, a range of different uh, styles and beers and um, experiments and collaborate with uh, some really fun producers. Um, for Woods of the North, we did a, a collaborative blend, uh, which we can taste if you want. Um, which is, what was the, was it 2.8 or 3.8%? Uh, oh, that was the one and that, only. That was the, the one and only. Some of this. How did that go? Because over in Perth, I was shaking in my boots, thinking that I was not going to be able to get here in time to have any. So that uh, crossed, went pretty quick. Oh it was a finished <laughs> finish the keg party, oh. so there was a lot of jugs going around. Uh, we came second, as is our uh, as our uh, our fashion at the Termes <laughs> competitions. We always come second. I was going to say, if this was hosted here, I would be shutting the door and telling everyone to fuck right <laughs> off. It was great. It is. It did actually form the base of the Woods of the North blend when we blended um, those two barrels together, which were a, a combination of one, two, and three year old uh, barrel aged golden sours and wheat beers. Uh, we tasted it and went, "Fuck, we need we need to take some of this out so we can prove to people that." It tasted awesome before we put Wildflower, Hop Nation, Sailor's Grave and Boat Rocker beer in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you can come out with your method traditional so that we mm. don't upset any people from Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> we called it Method Ravens, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was delicious. Um, really cool beer, really nice body and, and really subtle uh, juniper and orange character. Is but there a part of that beer was meant to become a beer called Gin and Juice so we could put Snoop Dogg on the label. And uh, it got a little bit too acetic, um, yeah. I think, as a result of the orange and some oxygen so we put it back in a barrel and and that was kind of our powder keg for anything we needed um acetic character in like the, yeah. the old red owl yeah so um with this is there actually going to be any like um i'm actually having a mini stroke right now so i can't <laughs> actually remember how to speak but will there be any chance of seeing more more blending coming from you guys like out, yeah, totally. out in package yeah we actually just had a meeting um with matt from brouhaha Yesterday about, uh, he wanted to do a collaboration. We did one up there with him, um, like a breakfast juicy, uh, the golden circle we called it, like a, a yes. oh, New did England with pineapple and If you oh, come out with a beer in a tetra pack, that's going to be <laughs> <laughs> okay by me. You know. So uh, he's, he's great. I love Matt. Uh, he was down here. He wanted, we, we wanted to do a collaboration, but we don't have a lot of tank space now. So I threw out the potential of us doing a blend instead. Uh, it was really just an excuse for us to sit down and sample barrels together um, instead of working which oh is really God. exciting though yeah so we, so we tried a bunch of things and, and thought about his brand and his ranges and how we could put those two together um, we've got a rye bread beer barrel fermented rye bread beer uh, fermented and soured with sourdough culture in whiskey barrels um, and we tried that and it just tasted like pastry uh, so we thought to his kettle one of his kettle sours which uh, which was inspired by mead that has strawberry and rhubarb and thought Man, if we smash these together, we could make an incredible Danish uh, pastry sour. Um, so that'll be one of just one of our um, collaborative blends. I think you're going to need to put a trademark on. Yeah, that I was going to say <laughs> absolutely. I mean, Alex Kidd's got the trademark on pastry stout. 
So <laughs> this is quite possibly the first pastry sour. And you know in a year's time, they're going to be fucking it's everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, everywhere like, is going to be a pastry sour. Well, I like pastry sours before be they were even pastry sours. <laughs> That'll be Gab's, Gab's 2019. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I just feel so sorry for all the beer judges out there yeah. for the next year's like brewing competitions because they're like... More pastry sours. <laughs> okay. I reckon um, we also we tasted some pseudo lambic um, that's only been through one summer, but it's it's improved a lot from before when before before summer. Bill described it as as though someone had tried to put out a, bo- a burning corpse with diarrhea. <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, well, that's that, that's always going to be the graphic. case for the first Max, six to eight Max months. Allen described it as rancid lardo. Um, oh. It's now tasting pretty good. Like it's been through <laughs> summer and it's cleaned up a bit. Uh, one more yeah. summer is going to be great, but we we're probably going to blend that with some of his saison and some apricots. It had a really nice kind of stone fruit acidity. Mm. So yeah, another he's going to ship some uh, saison down later in the year, and uh, we'll blend those together. It's uh, yeah, I hope we can build on this. It's taken a while to convince uh, brewers to work with us or, or prove ourselves. I think to prove that we are worth uh, uh, collaborating with. But um, yeah, I think we're we're finally at that point. What is uh, your total uh, capacity here at Three Ravens? We're brewing about 130,000 litres a year at the moment. So it's it's tiny. It's incredible to think that we're Melbourne's oldest independent brewery, That's but still one of the smallest. I mean, there's still there's nano breweries and people yeah. smaller than us, but we're still... 130,000 yeah. litres yeah. is still really kind of pumped like with the amount of three ravens we actually yeah. get in wa right now i was about to say yeah. that um, that's you know like that's we're really good at doing yeah. a song and dance and making some noise for for, a, for such a small brew <laughs> yeah but you that's, have to that's some, the some beer called squish or something <laughs> I don't know. citrus squish i think yeah. it's have you seen the one yeah something i don't know and there's two ravens beer yeah <laughs> um <laughs> no you're from uh you used to be over in wa didn't you yeah you used to reside I grew here. Up there. my parents dragged me over kicking and screaming when i was one year old no no and um you would have been one of those to... kids on the plane <laughs> <laughs> up. my ears um, hurt great. yeah i love so, growing up in wa i really um i miss the culture and the people and family and friends and lifestyle um, but with my uh, interest in food and hospitality, um, I really felt it was a sensible decision to, to move back to Melbourne, um, where I really feel at home and can entertain my, uh, obsession with, with coffee and cheese and, uh, beer and food pairing and hosp- you know, just, just dining and yeah, it felt like the right place. It's, um, miserable and cold most of the year. Uh, but you can put up with that when there's great coffee and I mean, yeah, Perth's come a long way in the last few years too. We're um, trying. Well, we're doing what we can, yeah, but uh, your your passion for fermentables has certainly landed you in good steadfast here at uh, Three Ravens. Yeah, I do miss the. I mean, there's a, a fairly good camaraderie here in Melbourne, but it's it's not quite the same as WA. I feel like Brisbane. Uh, heading up there a few times lately, it gives me a similar vibe to to Perth, which is cool. So I'm really enjoying getting up, getting up to Brisbane now and then. Uh, but yeah, definitely try and get back to Perth a few times a year, catch up with my folks, and try and tee up some beer events with my mates. Yeah, that's awesome. I always mm. enjoy seeing you at random locations. All of a sudden, yeah. Brendan O'Sullivan's back in WA. <laughs> I just feel really bad at any time like that because I'm like, hey, um, what, what water profile is really going to work with my sour cultures at home? <laughs> you know, can you please... That burning question. Yeah, yeah, look, add magnesium and fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> um, mainly that second surf. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just to give a bit of brief background history f- for you, for, for our listeners, you know, yeah. Where did uh, beer for you sort of start? 
probably, I think, with an interest in uh, weird food growing up. I was always into fermented food and uh, cheese. My um, my auntie introduced me to blue vein cheese at 13 and it just blew my mind. Um, so I think that interest in weird and intense and wacky accelerated from there. Don't make story. the blew my mind joke for blue cheese. <laughs> Just saying that to you. I think you're the only one that was going there. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually more surprised at the fact that Completely a, missed it. a 13-year-old was uh, losing his shit over blue vein cheese. Like that stuff. Well, the pretty... fact that it like smells like so socks good, and yeah. it's shit, but actually tastes great. Um, so I, I, I think that really made me think differently about flavor and food and uh, going through through high school, I, I left um, arts and music behind to uh, to focus on mechatronic engineering, and um, got through a few years of that uh, studying and, and realised that it wasn't really for me, and I'd left behind a really uh, a part of my personality, that creative, um, you know, that uh, artistic side, and the, the cooking and the, the interest in flavour, um, and realised uh, after working in beer for a, for a couple of years as a as a merchandiser that I could um, I could really uh, turn a career into it and. Uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty awesome since then. Just just focusing on uh, doing everything I can to learn and grow and help the industry. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind, really. Well, that's I think that's what we're seeing right now. You know, like um, I think it's a real like a testament to yourself. You know, making making such a big change at that stage that when you did, mm. and now actually looking at the product that we actually have in front of us, like they are incredible. But it's an absolute showcase of your own personality. Cool. Yeah, you know, and that's you know that's something really quite special. Yeah, you know? there's I a lot of people. There's agree. a lot of people out there that um, they go through life and not actually make those changes. But you know, being able to actually see someone do that and come out and just fucking go from strength to strength is oh, it's fantastic. It was nice to be able to step into a company um, like Three Ravens four years ago that really needed uh, a refresh. Like it had kind of. Uh, it was petering out a little bit. Um, there'd been some some really fun stuff that that Adrian was brewing um, specialty wise, but the core range was was getting quite tired and and just losing relevance. Uh, Look, check bills is never go, check bills is never going out of style. <laughs> so fuck both you and right. him. Because you're a fucking yave a fuck boy. <laughs> we get it. Fresh. Look, that's not check. That's German. So and I, and I'm over the hashtag thrills for the pills. Fucking bullshit. By the way. I did. I did one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I love Pilsner. Yeah. Oh, God damn we, it. We're, we're trying really to make it work. The Thornbury Pilsner. That was, I guess, yeah. one of the, the first changes in direction for us as a company. Because um, you Thornbury really Lager, like you know, going mm. from changing it from Lager, where you're going to be, you know, you know, that by the sounds of things means that you're marketing it to a much wider variety, and then turning Come that draft. back on its head to Pils mm. is. It's just more accurate. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, we didn't want to intimidate people with the word pilsner, but realistically, everyone knows what a pilsner is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're not confusing, or no one's going to feel intimidated by uh, a pilsner. Yeah. It's uh, just yeah. There's some people out there that just think they don't have the uh, that understanding of you know going from a German to a Czech style. So you're like, I don't like pilsner. It's too bitter. You're like, oh, but try this one. Mm. It's going to be a lot more softer and more rounded. I'm really. I'm really sad that we can't get any more summer. Summer's the bittering hop in Thornbury Lager and uh, the Pilsner, which is why I think it has a, a, such a soft character. And, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's been pulled out of the ground. So, yeah. and, and I really want to stick to 100% Australian hops, but there's just nothing else that I've, I've experienced or come across in Australian hops that provides that same bitterness as a, as a Czech Pilsner. Yeah. So um, yeah, maybe thinking of using debitted Simcoe uh, for a clean New World okay. style. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that stuff's about 2%. It's the, it's the leftovers after they make the Lutheran pellets. Okay. 
Yeah, so uh, it's got a really more leafy and uh, Simcoe for me is a, my favourite bittering hop in general. We uh, we use that in the, the two two other uh, core range beers, the, the pale ale and IPA, uh, which we can drink. We do, yeah. We had, the, we had the pale ale yesterday at Trade Hub and, you know, that, that dankness that you're getting from yeah. Simcoe is really quite prominent, you know, mm. like crushable in uh, in weight. Yeah, that's mosaic in that one. In the, oh, really? In the pale ale, yeah. So um, there's no Zimco in there at all? For bittering? Yeah. Just bittering just only. Bittering, yeah. But Simcoe, yeah, it's, Amarillo, it's, yeah, it's really, like, it's really light, but it's Fancy. incredibly, yeah, incredibly rounded on the palate in terms of, in terms of that bitterness mm. and resin. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully that does a similar thing to, because, you know, I don't, I don't want to lose that soft bitterness. Um, otherwise, for me, it just doesn't taste like a Pilsner. Yeah. Uh, can you keep me updated with your uh, trials with that? Because yeah, I know the, uh, the Cheeky Monkey Australian Lager also uses summer. Mm. So yeah. yeah. Any information you can throw? Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that, that HPA pulls something out of the bag uh, sometime soon. Yeah, like a, a bittering, bittering variety that's not 18% alpha acid and yes. tastes like Prada Ringwood. Yeah, um, you know, there's such amazing aroma hops in Australia, but they just don't have the bittering profile of, of something like Simcoe or Summer or Sarts. And then yeah. you turn it on its head, and we end up with this really acrid, sharp bitterness that you get from mm. a lot of the rest of you know it's Australian pale ales and IPAs. Yeah, absolutely. Those kind of aggressive styles, but it just doesn't suit Pilsner. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of lagers and Pilsners, I heard you throw out a little Carlton Draft reference. I'm not shitting on <laughs> Carlton Draft, more for our, our craft beer market. Does it annoy you as much as it annoys me that people put Draft on can labels? give a shit really like oh, it doesn't dude, bother it me it pisses me off so Mate, much we're, we're sitting a style. Uh, it really is a style now it's it's been used as a style for so long and that's that's the nature of styles and yeah. branding and they evolve with the marketers marketers create the styles and you've just got to roll with it. it's been used for so long in New Zealand and Australia to describe that style of beer so yeah, yeah. but we're also sitting next to the guy who pushed shit uphill to try and uh, oh, yeah. absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah. who championed the Lemmy Party label <laughs> yeah so <laughs> which um, was sick in terms yeah. of Getting shitty at branding. <laughs> I think we're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was beautiful, man. I love that whole seeing, um that whole series. That seeing the sick. original label before it oh, got pulled yeah. from you last year at Palette Cleanser. That made my shaky day. <laughs> I was so hungover. And you're yeah. like, have a look at this. And I'm like, ooh. We were accused of being uh, um, homophobic, but it was only by homophobes. So yeah, well, that's usually the case in terms of that. <laughs> Where everyone else is like, "Fuck it, that's fantastic." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's really, I that, that series. That, yeah, I was going to say that whole series of beers Plus. had, you know, erring on the side of. No, uh, oh, Colonic was quite restrained, wasn't it? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no. <laughs> after after this morning at our place, we don't need to be talking about Colonic or whatnot. <laughs> um, but that, I. Uh, to be honest, if, if anyone actually does have any Lemmy parties left and you haven't had it yet, make sure you open it because that was that was absolutely sensational. The whiskey character, mm. like having a whiskey, uh, like a whiskey barrel aged sour, just seemed very different and you know very new. Like we'd had Michaela came out with Macropolis uh, <laughs> around the same time. It's amazing how many others popped up. Like we'd been, we'd it had been on the cards for a long time. It was one of Murray's suggestions, um, yeah. so we'd had it on the list of to do, and then. We finally put it into barrels and then about three breweries in the space of three months uh, released uh, whiskey sours. What's that? And we're like, oh, well, yeah, we'll do it anyway. Um, so with this one, um, from memory, you guys accidentally pulled a little too much out mm, of the barrel? Yeah, stuff. I don't like me talking about it because uh, 
because there was so much whiskey left. Sorry, um, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you don't know the dollar, me, the dollar value of the whiskey that was left in those values is uh, shameful. Yeah, um, and awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, so good. But we took a two point nine percent beer, um, and after bottle conditioning, it came out at eight eight and a half. Or wow. God damn! Whoa. So, at, for those of you out there, if you're actually gaining any extra percentage, uh, more uh, more alcohol percentage from something that's not actually a part of the base beer, you yeah. get taxed at the a limits one percent. So you can rate. add up to a percent. Yeah. Um, which is probably what uh, Cutland Cold Shot was in that probably oh, in God, that ballpark don't, of don't even <laughs> make flashbacks to that red label especially in this state that's horrible <laughs> I don't know about you guys but did did it taste like ink to anyone else I just thought it tasted like goon yeah it was pretty fucking that's horrible not, just not well, as do, fun do you remember Tui's Platinum the original yeah, Tui's Platinum also tasted like goon that was like 6.5% Best came in an 8 pack negative 2.5 degrees it was yeah, yeah. But it had to awful be. <laughs> yeah. tasted like I'm going to have a headache it tomorrow. tasted like it, like they just fucking put a whole bunch of alcohol <laughs> in a horrible shit beer they had a stand at Biavana which uh, was at the exhibition centre before oh uh, before Gabs was a thing probably about 12 years ago and um we had a Vine Stefan stand there at the time, which is fun. But yeah, they had this this stand set up for Ted's Platinum and they were rocking a negative two and a half degree font. And I was so confused. I was like, why? I asked the guys, I was like, why is it at negative two and a half degrees? Because it's real fucking cold, and they're like, mate. <laughs> oh, it's fucking great. You can't even taste anything. Yeah. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess... You I like, guess that's the point. You yeah. don't want to taste it. Yeah. <laughs> you absolutely don't want to taste that because it's fucking awful. Uh, but yeah, so we, we did pay uh, RTD tax on that beer mm-hmm. and didn't use the term beer on the label. Um, yeah. Wow. Hence why, you know, like it came it came up to be like $28 a bottle. And, you know, mm-hmm. you'd have, you know, you actually do have, you know, for myself anyway, I have people come in and, and ask, like, why is it so expensive? And it's like, well, you know, luckily enough, but actually it's being in a no going, look, here's, here's the deal. This is what's happened it's a fortified don't beer. say anything about it yeah but because of that the tax has gone up and hence you are paying more but you're also going to be getting something that is completely wild and new we did a few kegs so enjoy it. and it was 300 dollars a keg in excise yeah, I, from memory i think wow. i looked wow um i'd had a, a message <laughs> from yourself or someone and looked at the cost of your keg and you're like yeah look i understand i can totally understand if you don't want to take that like it's, it's up there. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it was, yeah. It was like really expensive. expensive. Just RTD. And, and I do look, have, a, I still have an RTD beer in my bonnet or like, I do want to make more beery RTDs or RTD inspired beers. I think you should, with the way that one came out, I really think you should. And just to touch on, for, for people who may not know, $300 in excise for a keg is, well, you can buy outlandish. A, you can buy kegs for three hundred dollars pretty easily. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of money just on excise. That's crazy. All right, guys, we'll be back after a message from one of our sponsors. Sponsored content. Hey, Brendan, did you know the Dutch Trading Co is being voted by Beer and Brewers Magazine number one in WA for a craft beer venue and second nationally? I didn't. How did they win that? I have no idea, because they're heaps tops. Do you think it's because of their modern gastropub food? Probably. Do you think it's because of their 300 bottle beer selection? Are they rarely seen in Australia? They are. Oh my God. Do you think it's because of their 22 taps? Dude, definitely. Do you think it's because of their pinball? I'll tip my trilby to that. Dutch Trading Co, 243 Albany Highway, Victoria Park. See you there. Uh 
Well, you guys have just released a uh, a cholera inspired uh, sour, right? Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, the brown, brown acid. acid. Yeah. So, which is quite interesting because apparently you're not supposed to take the brown acid. Is that right? Oh, it's just pure stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sitting right next to the guy who loves uh, a Jackson Cola from time to time. <laughs> I do. I'm, uh, I'm um, not ashamed of it. I am going to put my hand up and just say, look, I am. I while I really enjoy the cola. Can someone please make a Sprite-based beer? Because Ooh. everybody knows that Sprite is the king of fizzy. You're an idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot. I reckon we could do that. Yeah, lemon lime sour, man. That's weeks. what it's all about. I'll You've book another fucking something flight. Here. We're, <laughs> brewing, we're brewing acid today, so... Can you call oh it fizzy bubbly uh, after this idiot here? <laughs> I'm not an idiot. I When I'm hungover, like in the state I am right now, I would much prefer to be at home with no shirt on, eating pretzels off my chest and drinking a lovely glass of fizzy bubbly. <laughs> I'm actually the, the the idea of using uh, Fido Dido in some marketing is is pretty appealing. <gasps> wow! Oh my reviving, god! Reviving Fido Dido. Somebody, yeah, somebody get the the paddles out. <laughs> get him back up. Fido's coming back. I, I hope. hope. I can't believe you remembered his name. <laughs> like Brian, taking me way back. Brian Strumke uh, from Stillwater showed me uh, a label from one of his upcoming beers yesterday. Um, a New England Hefeweizen triple dry hopped with, I don't know, fruit in it or something ridiculous. Did you just say, <laughs> it's got Fido Dota on the label? Stop. What? <laughs> it actually has Fido on the label. Oh my God. Oh, oh my so God. I, it, you know what's coming next. People are going to be doing the Jew. And, <laughs> and there's going to be, you know, caffeinated See, Mountain Dew. I would absolutely be crushing the Jew. You know, that's uh, it's pretty Man, obvious. I would, I would to be way honest. rather crab juice than Mountain Dew, personally. Do you just say crab juice? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Oh. Did you, uh, <laughs> Brendan, do you see the, the cask that we had on Sunday for Woods of the North? No. So in that, that process of re-fermenting in whiskey casks, uh, we decided to, to re-ferment uh, brown acid. Oh yeah, uh, and we called it five coug- five cougars. Thanks, <laughs> which, in retrospect, was maybe a little bit uh, sexist or you know promoting sexist uh, marketing. Mm. Um, oh no, I, th- I think the original ad was yours is just a throwback. Yeah, it's like the parody. Exactly. Yeah, the yeah. parody of like saying, "Look at what our culture used to be." Yeah, <laughs> fuck, we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> but we've, we've come a very short way since then. We're so. talking about well. was it was it AC ACBA? Yesterday, uh, or a or ABCA, there was um, ABAC, ABAC. Sorry, ABAC, A-back. Yeah, 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 ABAC. So you know, like, you know, we're we're talking about um, there is a company out there that will actually look over labels to make sure that they're actually going to be well. They'll look over. They're going to be sensitive. Any alcohol advertising yes. at all? Yeah, and yet somehow, Lemmy Party was censored. Well, to, fair enough. But you can actually go out there. I don't think it actually just, reached any of those bodies, to be to be honest. And if it did, it was just oh, self moderation. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, if any of you guys want to complain about it, grab a bottle and open it, and then you'll shut the fuck up pretty yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. There's a few brands out there now that are being um, being kind of reprimanded for for soft drink or uh, yeah. kind of child appealing labels, which I find really confusing. Or like, it's not like there's kids that are allowed to. To walk into a bottle shop and, and buy, buy booze, um, yeah. and if it's in their parents' fridge and they drink it, then it's their parents' fault for you know it's letting their kids drink booze. Allowing it's actually quite surprising seeing the eat. amount of parents that do come in going, "Yes, yeah, son, hold this." Like, excuse me, 
No. Well, again, we've come a long way. I remember, um, you know, when you could give your kids a note and they'd go down to the deli and buy cigarettes cigarettes for you. I'm not saying my dad ever did that, but, you know, I remember it. Um, But but touching on that, look, it does happen. It happened to um, uh, my brother who's much younger. He's he's in high school. I left some uh, war hogs over at my dad's house in the fridge and he was like, Oh, fucking sick. Pasito or Passione. I don't know which one he thought oh, it was. He was, was like, going to awesome. have a bad time. <laughs> and he cracked it open, honestly thinking it was Passione. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, he actually opened it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess it does happen. It? Oh, my, oh, my. So, uh, oh, Brennan, we, we were speaking a little bit earlier uh, off air. You not only have had just a... Or are right in the midst of a quite a large good beer week... Mm-hmm. You also do a little bit of judging on the side for a small little competition called the the Abers. No big deal, whatever. I saw you on Channel 9, by the way. <laughs> Doing the old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you look really excited. I hate that. I feel like a, like a canary or something. <laughs> Twittering about. Um, yeah, it's good fun. I've been judging uh, for about 10 years. Uh, Hugh Dunn actually dragged me into a, a competition, a homebrew compact then, and I've, I've just been loving it. It's such a great opportunity to, to train your palate and learn about flavors and um, share notes and thoughts with other judges that have um, various experiences. Um, I, um, I studied the BJCP about nine years ago, so I've been um, a national level judge since then and really enjoy running competitions and being involved. And uh, when I moved to Melbourne in 2011, I started judging with the AIBA and it's been, it's been great. I missed a couple of years, but uh, it's awesome. It's come a long way too. We used to do it over three weeks which was nice and, um, you know, if you had the time to take off work, yep. um, it was quite relaxed. It's now a furious 170 beers in two and a half days. Um, wow. The, the day, oh, you know, fine, ending on the day that Good Beer Week starts. So you, the, you go hectic. from judging to yeah. the opening party. Right. The, the palate fatigue's going to be... I was going to say, it's a good way rough. to get fit. It's actually um, really, really yeah. tough. nearly 200 beers yeah. as a warm-up to Good Beer Week. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of what... That's why my voice is the way it is. Every year... Uh, with the compounding um, pressures of organising events, and we uh, we decided to launch a new brand uh, two weeks before Good Beer Week and have a few events. So uh, yeah, it's been a lot on, to be honest. Know. But uh, it's just it's life. It's Good Beer Week. I'm, I'm always uh, yeah. always got the Good Beer Week logie. Yeah, you, mate, normally, look, you normally look like so fresh faced, and I think this is actually the the first time I've ever seen you where there's a hint of tiredness. There's a hint. <laughs> but, mate, your voice is just fucking radio. I should do, I should do this. And creamy. I really it should is. do this every week. Yeah. Speaking of our radio voices, sorry to interject for, for a second. In Tim's uh, fabulous form last night, he told our first Uber driver about 20 times he has a great radio voice and he should do a podcast. He was actually being What's invited. What's going to be? It was about weird things or some shit. Yeah, yeah, like sci-fi. He kinda. was actually going to. He was being invited by one of his mates to be a hey. a podcast. And I was like, you, you should look out for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, you're you're up there. Times. You're up there with him. <laughs> it's great. It's a great experience. I love. Oh yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, there were some cracking beers here. Um, the quality has uh, continues to improve. Um, uh, yeah, a lot less stinkers than there used to be. Uh, and I think it's reflected in, in the market too, right? Like how many yeah. 
uh, imports are not as appealing as they used to be. And uh, now when you often, you try a lot of imported beers with the expectation they're going to blow your, blow your dick off because you've heard so much about them and they're disappointing because you look down and so it's many still, <laughs> still right there. there. It's gone, like, gone back inside. I wish yeah. it blew like, some more length onto it, but it's just not happening. Like a turtle. Just well, that's, great. that's a real great reflection of our industry and our quality standards. and 100%. Um, um, Steve Wagner was there last night uh, mm. from Stone. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. I, I can't even remember. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I can't even remember the last time I actually bought a, unfortunately, I can't remember the last time I bought a stone beer. Did, you know, yeah. was he just getting peppered the whole time with um, yeah, their I, take on freshness and travel? I, no, because uh, Professor Matt Pilsner Kirk tried to, wasn't there. Yeah, <laughs> Professor Pilsner kind of bailed him up a little bit. Uh, yeah, gave him the runaround. Huh? Yeah. Wow. I kind well, of that was a bit harsh. bailed him yeah. up about the Keystone thing as well. Keystone, yeah, yeah. we did. Look, what we to did be honest, hear about I'm, with, I'm with cause on that. I know I, I did hear you guys talking about it a few weeks ago, yeah, and um, I don't the know history on exactly. It I don't know if you've read that since. That, yeah, yeah the his, they were guy, using the branding yeah, before yeah, Stones. There so. was a guy out there, right? I can't remember. I can't remember his name, but keep an eye on our Facebook or Insta, and I'll actually try and find the link and upload it. A guy out there at apparently 2 a.m. did a full historical rundown yeah. on Twitter about. Uh, the use of stone in Keystone's marketing. Wow! Through the years. Wow! Wow! So it's yeah, like they yeah, it's a back up, guys. They yeah. <laughs> cause are all right. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, yeah. It, it is uh, back to the early nineties, ninety two, I think, is when they first started running they, with, yeah. the, with the you know, stone grabbing tag a stone. Line. Yeah, it um, um, it's it going to be crazy. It's going to be interesting. Um, their their follow up to stone was like. Stop trying to act like you're, you're all craft when you're trying to broach on big beer. I don't know where the use it or lose it thing comes in, though. Like, they hadn't used it for so long. That was going uh, to be my point. Yeah. I, th- I think that's where yeah. it gets a little bit cloudy, at least. But, but it's going to be really interesting to see where, what actually comes out of this. And there's yeah. definitely more of an argument to it than what we thought originally, when yeah. we kind of just saw Stone's release and, and got fully on board with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's definitely an argument to it. But mm. I guess back to my original point was... Um, I haven't bought a stone beer in uh, quite a long time because there is so much fucking epic stuff being produced in, in Australia. And it's actually really we're, crazy. We're quite spoiled, aren't we? Yeah, I was going to say, it's crazy. You know, we see Juicy pretty much everywhere, right? We see it everywhere in WA. In WA. Yeah, it's scary. It's hard, it's, it's it's hard to manage. It's, it's, um, you know, for yeah, 130,000 litters, that's... Yeah, it's cool in the scheme of things, it. that's fucking... Tiny, like, what, mm. what's your total distribution over to WA? Would that be that? Would that hold some weighty sort of distribution? I don't know It'd the be, numbers to be honest, mate. It's it's a pallet every a, month yeah. or two. Like it's like a hundred so hundred cases plus. It's, we love doing it, and I think we could grow that um, a lot. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great market. I love that. I love the culture and the bottle shops, and there's so many cracking venues. Um, I, and I do want to want the opportunity to go over there um, and hang out with my friends and see my family, and yeah. I hope uh, I hope we can make that work. We're uh, we're working on something um, about now. I think pretty what? soon. Yeah, can can you <laughs> tell us about it? Was, no, oh, sorry. yeah, you've got a meeting actually, don't you? Yeah, mm, we're, we're running soon. you late for, yeah. for a meeting. <laughs> Hush your face. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Just to wrap up, guy, uh, there is something I was pretty excited about that you uh, hinted at on the way in here. Moosey Juicy. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit Dude. about that? <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a suggestion by Ben um, Ben from Ben's Brew Tours. Um, he just thought it was a funny name. He's like, you've got to do Moosey Juicy. <laughs> I was like, oh, let's go okay, Gabs next year. And then our um, our sales guy asked if we could do a, a Black Neeper. I was like, fuck no, that sounds like a horrible idea. <laughs> um, it'll look like 
creek water. Like it's going to look like mud. And mud. it's like mud, moose. Maybe we can make this work. It's If nothing else, it's a funny name. So we uh, we made a black neeper uh, or nabeepa or yep. neeper. Um, neeper, yeah. Added lactose, uh, pectin, Don't vanilla, say it quickly. Nibber. cocoa and cacao. Sick. Uh, and some fruity hops. The hops are uh, the hops are pretty weird. We use cashmere and a few others that are very fruity and berry-like. So I think those berry notes are kind of uh, separate to the beer, which is interesting. And the, and the New England yeast character. Yeah. Um, but the flavor, I'm, I'm really happy with the combination of vanilla and lactose and uh, cacao and cocoa. We got some amazing um, Ecuadorian cacao from a, a local chocolate maker. Some raw nibs and then toasted them up inside, you know, in our uh, hot box and uh, dry nibbed um, in the fermenter when we when we dry hopped. Um, yeah, we can we can taste some when we wrap up. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty yes. excited. So like a chocolate milkshake IPA. Mm, yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna continue that uh, milkshake uh, series or a, or a sort of break off uh, progression of juicy. Yeah, um, we've got a lot a lot of um, progression planning for juicy um both in uh, single hops or hop themes um as well as a kind of a citrus and a fruit series and the the milkshake series so uh yeah there's some fun fun stuff in the pipes so yes. if for, people keep buying juicy if yeah. there's uh yeah mate so yeah. for our for our homebrewers <laughs> out there in terms of um what you guys are doing so um from what i understand you're taking more of a a backward step on having uh yeast haze and really focusing more on the protein haze so yeah, totally. this is going to be more for um, abject drinkability is that right? Uh, yeah, and stability. Yeah. Um, the unfortunately the yeast strain we use does taste pretty good. Like there's a lot of strains yeah. that don't have that a really nice, uh, pleasant character. Yeah. But like everyone's it, had yeast burn. Provides from... inconsistencies in yeah. the finished product. If you have a lot of yeast in there, it makes it very unstable. Yeah. Prone to um, like settling out or yeah. having you know particularly in kegs you get like that slug at the start of the keg so venues end up having to waste quite a bit of beer and like the first keg that we got from you came upside down and it was do not turn over until we're using <laughs> and it's like i got all giddy that one's still got a bit bright it's, it's really hard to manage yeah. we, we do we do everything we can to, to provide a stable haze both with yeah. um protein from from unmalted grains and polyphenol from uh hopping so you the use triticale as well triticale yeah triticale's got a really nice um protein spectrum and nice flavor um and yeah yeah the, the pectin we do use a little bit of pectin yeah. Uh, now probably not enough. I think it creates a nice sheen. Uh, but that, I, I want a beer that's like the like the OG uh, New England IPAs. They just had a, a slight opacity. They weren't milky or yeasty or exactly. It's um, it's the would you say would you agree with Garrett Oliver in the the whole Instagram culture pushing more of the uh, the orange juice opaque beers yeah, that definitely. we've got now? Yeah, they look great. People love bragging about their their milkshake beer and yeah. There's always going to be we yeah we we really battle and and struggle with communication and, and the naysayers there's always going to be uh, critics that think it's not hazy enough or too hazy or yeah. but uh, we just want to make good beer so we're trying to make a, a stable product that has a nice mouthfeel and a nice flavor really trying to focus just on the the sensory aspects um, as opposed to uh, visual it's, yeah. it's nice to have that slight haze and that sheen and the, the ma- matrix to suspend hop oil so you get like a real intense um, oil on the palate yeah um, but yeah less less yeast I'm not I'm not a big fan of, of heavy yeast loads Look, yeah, yeast burn in in some of the uh, the poorer quality um, beers that have come out in recent times is can be quite high. Um, and in terms of, I, I keep always going back on drinkability. Like it, it really damages what should be something quite good. So, you know, it's really, you know, it's 
Drinkability is really yeah. important for us too. Exactly. Like, um, that's going to make you, or make not just you, but someone else go out and continue buying that product. We have created quite a, a sessionable version of New England as well, um, yeah. partly due to excise in Australia, partly due to hop costs, and partly due to what people are willing to pay for beer. So it's certainly not as over the top or intense as, as you know the classic American ones or yeah. imports or you know like Modus are doing some cracking intense uh, New Englands, but the they're really prohibitive cost wise and in sessionability. Yeah, like we we had uh, Hamish Coates from Rocky Ridge Brewing on uh, not long back, and I was lucky enough to to <laughs> collaborate in Rock a beer juice. with him yeah. on Rock Juice. You know where ultimately we're looking at. Uh, it was. I think it ended up being around three dollars per can. Was in hop, yep. like just hops cost itself. You know, then you got to yeah, add yeah. on the rest of everything, like excise and. It's whatnot. delicious, but people just aren't. They'll try it once, maybe at that price. Um, it the cost pricing was quite prohibitive. Like, mm. luckily enough, we saw people that actually really got behind it. Really got behind oh, yeah. it, and are still yeah, yeah. coming in cool. asking for it. But you couldn't brew that beer all the time. You can't. They're not yeah. getting behind her that much. You, you can't. Know, $13 you really can't. small can. No. <laughs> or whatever it was. It was, it was. it was fantastic. It was 13. There was, there's actually, there was someone out there. Um, I won't, I won't <laughs> name names, but they, they went out and were selling four packs at cost price. Yeah. Um, so straight cost plus GST. Um, and even then, that was, you know, it's still very high. Mm. Um it is again prohibitive, but I guess you know, yeah, there are people out there that will. <laughs> what was that for, Tim? Make what? that will make the look. I don't know. He's just weird. What? <laughs> anyway, we better wrap up because we are running over into your meeting time. So uh, exactly. sorry, Matt. So I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no apology. <laughs> apologize. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Just want to say, as a token gesture, we love cracking big dumb beers on this podcast. I like to think that that's I why I cracked out the bar. Yeah. I bring the fire whenever I can. So I think um, you've been outdone. We've just drunk yeah. so much big shit without even mentioning. Yeah, this table is littered with fucking glass. We, we were all shaky when we uploaded a photo today. It'll be a really long got. day. A yeah, distilled yeah. Imperial IPA. We've yeah. had the Druid 2018. Is that going to be? Just quickly, is that going to be released uh, soon? Yeah, soon. Uh, in a few weeks, we'll we'll put that one out for WA as well. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Hell yeah! Awesome. Um, um, and I hear that you've got a barrel aged imperial stout. Yeah, yeah, I got it in my hand. Holy uh, shit! Wait, what? Very dry. Um, it'll, it's, it's, we're going to bottle condition it for a while. No, it's not re-fermented, but it needs some time. We had a few on, a few kegs out around during the week. So if you get down to terminus, you can try a very special version that's got some coffee, coffee in it. Tim, um, yeah, we're going there next. Fucking Uber. Yeah, we're going there next. <laughs> it's cool. We uh, we had Melbourne versus the world on Monday, and we saved that one to the final round. And uh, if you judge it by applause, which it was judged by, um, we we pretty much won. But you the manager decided it. that he wanted the decider to be Rock'em Sock'em Robots, which we lost. So um, yeah, sorry, Melbourne. <laughs> Again, yeah. Turn Great around, way. lock the door, <laughs> yeah. lock one door, and tell everyone to get the fuck out the tiny right <laughs> because that's all shit. Um, um, I, yeah. Thanks, thanks for sharing uh, the Cascade here. We got a delicious uh, Kentucky Peach Twenty Sixteen, yes. which is so, one of my favourite beers ever. It's, so it is. So look, I just quietly have a little more on the way. So we I'll make sure that's that King Contact Riesling Golden Sour off oh, mic. Oh yeah, my yeah. God. I I want to smuggle one of them home in my bum. Oh, I'm <laughs> I'm leaving the brewery with some of the Brendan. We've got some glad wrap. Yeah. Um, You've got the cavity. All I need is I need glad wrap electrical tape bag. 
and then I need five minutes alone yeah. and I'll make sure <laughs> that I'll be able to get it home. Make sure you duct tape the belly so you don't split. <laughs> no, no, you duct tape. You put the glad wrap on top and then I you tape know. around. No, no, no. no. That's how, Leave that's how. the air of mystery. No, but that's, that's the, that a, is the polite way mission, of shipping beers. A magician doesn't tell his fucking I just, I just can't secrets. wait for Palate Cleanser to see how far this goes and oh, man. So I, you, what you guys are, are like after five hours of drinking. It, I do. It's going to get so dumb. And we've already said, uh, you know, we've got a bus heading out to Palate Cleanser of WA people alone. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about... I'm going to try and crash your bus. we're sneaking him on. Look, sorry, Jamie, when you hear this uh we're fucking bringing him we on planned it. we're gonna make it look like an accident <laughs> yeah yeah if he's gonna so, sit on the look, floor he sits on the say, floor i'll stand for you we'll look, <laughs> stand for you. i stand for brendan thanks mate. Uh, oh, thanks man. thanks for having us man thank you for putting up with us being uh an hour late because we were incredibly hungover I, no, to be honest i wasn't guys gonna be up. here yeah um <laughs> hang around if you want we can sample some more shit mate, i hang out with bill and he can give you some tank samples i really <laughs> can sit here and just talk to you about beer all day all day yeah, an absolute wealth of knowledge, Plenty and we're really, that. we're really, you know, beyond pumped to Let's be able again. to just be here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hell Thank yeah. you so thanks much, for oh, by. mate. And thanks for not going to La Serene first. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're also late or not going to that now. So perfect. <laughs> Sorry, Costa. Sorry, Sorry, Costa. <laughs> Look, he's a very lovely man, but I can imagine he could get quite angry. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see what happens. He puts on a good show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Thank man. You, mate. Thank, Thank you, mate. Thanks so much. I'm also really sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> You can tell yourself, mate. Is she oh, here? Yeah. Gee, why would she be here? I don't this know. is Three Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> How melted are you right now? Oh my God. She's at a little uh, little festival called Gabs. <laughs>